morning, everyone, and Merry Christmas. I love this time of year. And I say to everyone else, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And I welcome all the people coming from other nations. I see Ash's parents are here. Welcome. Let's give them a hand. And we welcome anyone that has come from anywhere to celebrate Christmas with family. This is a wonderful time of year. It's a magical time of year. And I know when my kids were, were really small, I used to love Christmas because of the kids. Uh, you know, there, there's this excitement, this anticipation, this expectation from the children. And what I would do is I'd, I'd ask them during the year what they wanted. And then when I'd buy it, I'd, I'd put it under the tree when they go to bed. You know, Santa's coming and this whole magic around that. And we'd put the cookies out and the milk out, which I made Mick drink before he went to bed and eat the cookies. And then they'd get up in the morning and this magic in their eyes, they'd rush out to see if Santa had been. And of course, mum and dad had been the night before up till two o'clock, putting all the trees in place, putting all the gifts in place. And then their eyes, the magic in their eyes, when they open up their gift, it was what I treasured as a mother, you know, and, and it's, it's a great time of expectation. And you look out, you know, even in the streets, the lights, the decoration, and really everyone in the Western world celebrates Christmas. And there's different traditions and different customs, even, you know, in our own little Lebanese world, we, we have our own Christmas traditions. And you go into the shops, you go into the streets, and everybody's celebrating Christmas, Yet not everybody believes in Christ. And, and it's, it's funny that Christmas has become more of a tradition for us as a Western nation than anything else. But not everyone understands that the king that was born on Christmas all those years ago, what that story is all about and what happened on the earth because of that, what happened in eternity because of Christmas. And uh, last weekend, Mick and I went to Wagga and we took up a team and Anne and Susie, and Anne's a gun, I tell you, she's one of my favourite helpers. And, you know, we went up to see the new arrivals in Wagga and when we were organising the trip, we were actually invited to attend one of the functions that was already happening. So we weren't running the function ourselves, so we were guests, so we had to kind of follow some, you know, uh, protocol and, and I had to ring and find out, you know, you know, we're a church, we want to bring uh, Christmas gifts to the children, is that okay? And all this sort of stuff and asking. And, and you know, the lady said to me, oh, that would be lovely. They want to learn all the, all, the, all the Australian traditions. And I thought, wow, Christmas is now an Australian tradition. And so the Christ has kind of been taken out of that. And it made me sad, but what really overjoyed me was that these kids that don't know anything about Christmas, really, when Santa came, they were so excited. We, we got them singing and, and chanting out Santa's name till he came, and they all got gifts. And the parents, the parents were more, you know, were just happier than the kids when they saw their children receiving these gifts. And it was a wonderful time. And it's because of Christ for me that we were able to do that. Because of Christ, because we're celebrating his birth that we could take a team up and do that. And so in many ways, I, I don't know, I feel like tradition is placed above truth. And tradition has become higher than expression, than the expression of what Christ is all about and what Christmas is all about. And tradition, you know, speaks of turkeys and hams and, you know, trees and presents and puddings and seafood and all these wonderful things. But expression... The expression of what Christmas is about speaks of love, peace, joy, goodwill, salvation, 
Christmas is about our salvation, yet we associate it more with the cross. But Jesus came to save us. And when, you, you know, when you're walking about trying to get ready for Christmas and, and through all this whole Christmas season, my daughter and I were, were shopping. We went shopping into Westfield, Parramatta. What a feat that is. I think you need to fast and pray before you go shopping at Christmas time. I, should, I didn't fast. That was the problem. So we go into Westfield and um, I'm driving, actually Brittany wasn't with me that night, but this particular time I was driving and I had to drive Mickey's little white ute. So I'm a bit nervous because, you know, I, I don't know really how to drive it and you, you get accustomed to your own car. And I found this, park, this lady going into her car and she went in and shut the door and I thought, oh great, thank you Jesus, I've been praying for a spot and I, I found a spot. And I just waited and I waited and I waited and this lady's in a car and I'm still waiting. And then all of a sudden, everybody's coming up behind me and start blowing their horns because everybody's in a hurry. Everybody wants to do their shopping. And so I just moved forward and I said, are you going, honey? Because if you're not going, you're like in my head, I'm thinking, if you're not going to go, I'll just find somewhere else. And she gave me a wonderful expression about what her fingers could do. <laughs> and it was a wonderful expression, but not a godly expression. And I thought, wow, this whole thing about preparing for Christmas the whole world, the whole Western world is preparing for Christmas. They're busy, they're rushing, they're grumpy. Um, you know, all of this stuff because of Christmas Day. And yet, even in the time of Jesus, there was the same thing, the busyness, the rushing. People were preparing for the census. People were running around. There was no room for Jesus in the inn because everything was so busy. There was no room. There were crowds. It was actually, I think, the season of the Feast of Tabernacles at the same time. And so people were hurrying just like they do today, not noticing that the king of the universe was going to be born. Nobody noticed because they were busy. They were grumpy. I don't know if fingers went flying then, but <laughs> it was a very, very busy time. You know, and there's a, there's a real paradox that the most high God, the God most high, would want to come down on the earth in a very lowly birth, that the Most High God wanted to come down. And, you know, I, I thought about when the British family, when someone's pregnant, like I think Princess, well, the Duchess of Cambridge is pregnant right now, everybody knows about it. There's a great announcement. You know, there's a royal statement sent out that the papers get hold of it and then the media and the news and the BBC and the NBC and the ABC and there's this whole thing that goes out because there's going to be a royal birth. But when the king of all kings was to be born, it was announced hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before. In Genesis, it talked about the scepter and the rule of a king. In Isaiah chapter 7, it says there will be a sign, a virgin will give birth. And it, it was told specifically, a virgin will give birth and conceive a son. Even the sex of that baby was determined all those years before it was announced. In Jeremiah 23, it talked about a branch shooting out from the line of David. It was constantly being prophesied over. It was constantly being said in Micah. It's, it even told you the place in Bethlehem, in that little town in Bethlehem, the king will come from Bethlehem. 400 years before Jesus was born, it was announced, it was announced to everybody, yet the world missed it. Yet on the day, the world missed it. 
And the paradox is that the Most High Almighty God, when he wanted to announce the coming of Jesus, he announced it to a woman. The very lowly, considered culturally to have no value, a woman. That God, Almighty God, would, an, would announce that he was coming to a woman. But that's our Most High God. He places value on the people that maybe the world considers not valuable. And then the birth, that the Most High God would choose to come down as a human being, to be born and to be nurtured in the womb of a woman, to actually need, excuse me, need to be born in the womb, through a womb of a woman. And you know, in some cultures, when I was growing up, I'd sort of say, oh, wow, mum, you know, Jesus was born, you know, just like anyone else. And you know, in some cultures, it's a blasphemy to even hint that Jesus was born just like anyone else. And my mother used to say to me, no, the angels put him in Mary's lap. That's what I was told. Because that is such a lowly act to be born like any other person, to be a human being like anyone else. That the Most High God would come down on this earth as a human being. And if we just stop and think about that, what that means for us. And, you know, I often wonder, why didn't Jesus just come again like Melchizedek? You know, Melchizedek just appeared. He was just there. And then he just disappeared. Why didn't Jesus do that? I think Jesus wanted to place value on us. He wanted to place value on people. He wanted to come down as a man to place value on you and on me. And even the unlikely people that he would choose to visit him, this most high God, he chose the shepherds out of all the people on the earth that he could choose to come and announce and to invite to come and visit. He chose the shepherds. In Luke 2, 9, 10, it says, And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. So the birth of the Messiah was announced to mere shepherds. I wonder, you know, when the angel came down and when all this glory surrounded them in the night sky, would nobody else have noticed? I mean, if it was in the city, you might think the buildings would be in the way or there, or there might be, you know, I don't know, something obstructing the view. But in a field, would you not notice if you were in another field that there was light, that there was glory, that someone had come down and then the heavenly hosts of angels that began to sing? Would nobody have noticed except the shepherds? I wonder about that. I wonder for us. Are we not seeing, are we not hearing this Christmas? And the announcement of this king did not go out to dignitaries. It did not go out to kings and queens in palaces. <coughs> the announcement of this king did not go to government leaders. No one of any stature or authority. But it went out, the birth of the good shepherd went out to the not so good shepherds. Our good shepherd was born and he told the shepherds. And some scholars say that it's likely that those shepherds would not have been churchgoers or wouldn't be able to, um, to visit the, the temple because they're busy looking after the sheep all year round. And I think for us, maybe Jesus, maybe Jesus would want to appear to those that don't go to church. Maybe Jesus would want his glory to be seen by those that are outside, that those that are not considered, you know, holy. Maybe, I don't know. 
but I know that he is inclusive and I believe he was making a statement. And the star that shone in the sky that everybody could have seen, it was up in the sky. It wasn't something unusual, you know, that, that people would look up and, you know, they probably saw stars much more than what we do today because there's not as, there wasn't as many lights on the earth. But that star that shone, the strangers saw the star. The strangers were invited. The strangers, strangers to the land, strangers to the Jews, they saw the star. In Matthew 2, 1 and 2, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. You know, they saw the star because they were looking out for the light. They were watching the light. They were looking into the heavens. And they were wise because they knew the prophecy and they were following. They were following that light. They were looking for the light. That's why they called wise men. And the, and the Bible doesn't say how many there were. I know traditionally we say there were three because there were three gifts brought. But it doesn't really say but one thing I know, that those gifts that they brought symbolised symbolized the, the life of Christ, the gold for his royalty, the, the incense for the prayer and the holiness, and the myrrh for the death that Jesus would die. Very significant that these strangers would know about our king and that we would not even know about the king coming. We did not pinpoint the birth. We did not know where. We did not know when because we were all too busy. And I think it's, it's really significant for us they, were, they listened to the prophecy, they were watching, they were waiting. Are we watching and waiting for God in our life? Are we watching and waiting? Have we heard a prophecy? Are we keeping our eyes up to heaven to see the lead that God is going to give us? Our king, our king is such a paradox. He's a king, yet he's born and surrounded by animals. There was no midwife, no grandma. I know when I had my babies, the first thing I wanted was mum. You know, there was no, no mum, no grandma. The people that actually, even the people, I, I wondered about this, that if they had gone to the inn and they said, look, there's no room in the inn, but you can have this other place where your baby can be born. Did they not come and check the next day if Mary was okay? It doesn't say, but I don't think they did. That this baby would be born and nobody even knew, nobody checked. And this king... Instead of being wrapped in linen or velvet or silk or lace as a king should be, he was wrapped in rags and cloths. This king who had no carriage, he had no chauffeur, he had, he had no Rolls Royce, but this king would travel in the future and be hailed on a donkey. That's our king. That's our most high God. And the king with no red carpet or entourage, but just leaves thrown on the ground. This king that had no crown until he was crowned with that crown of thorns and he had no title until they called him king of the Jews, chose to be born in this way for our sake, chose to come down from his highest glory to meet us right down where we are, to meet us right where we are. You know, when Princess Charlotte was born, Soldiers from the King's Troop Royal Horse Artillery rode out in procession 
to sound a 41-shot salute at, at Wellington Barracks right next to Buckingham Palace. And at the same time, a 62-gun salute was happening at the Tower of London when this little princess was born. When the king of the princess was born, there was no artillery, no shots fired and no dignitaries. But there were angels in the heavens declaring his glory. There were angels, there were stars in the night sky shining to lead and guide. What are we looking at? What are we looking at? Are we looking, watching and waiting and following the things this Christmas that lead to Jesus? Are we laying everything aside to adore him, to think about him, to spend time with him this Christmas? In, in the midst of all the busyness, you know, the wise men took annual leave. They left their city. They left their families. It was a long, long journey to find Jesus. They left everything to find him. Sometimes we have to do the same. We have to just leave everything to find him. And the shepherds, they left their flock. They put aside their focus their responsibilities, and they followed the instructions of the angel until they found Jesus. They knew it was, it was just the king of kings being born. We need to find out. We need to go and see this thing that has happened. In Luke 2, 15 and 16, it says, So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And it says in 16, and they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Sometimes we need to rush quickly to Jesus. Sometimes we need to make haste and find Jesus. Can we lay aside things today? Can we lay things aside today to find him this season, today and tomorrow? Can we lay things aside so that we just stop and pause and focus on Christ. He came to give, up, to give us a better life. He came to give us eternal life. And we need to glorify him. We need to worship him. And sometimes I hear people, you know, the story of Christmas is to some people a story from the past, you know, without, probably not very relevant to them today. But, you know, without the birth, life and death of Jesus, we have no life. He is ageless and he's timeless. And political correctness of this modern day wants to take Christ out of Christmas. You know, and while I was preparing, while we were preparing for the Wagga trip, we, we, we had these beautiful gift cards to give and we picked cards to put them in and, and the cards said joy to the world. And one of the wonderful people that saw that um, said to me, oh, should you not have something that says happy holidays or, or something else? Because, you know, that might offend them. And I thought, I'm not celebrating a holiday. We're not celebrating a holiday. This is not a holiday. This is a holy day. This is a very holy day. Christmas is about Christ. It's about Jesus. And changing, that's right. Let's give him glory. Christmas is about Jesus. And you know what? Changing the name does not change the reason for Christmas. It just hides it. And you know, if the hosts of the angels can sing in heaven and give glory and praise to God, if they can declare his glory in heaven, I can certainly do that. I will do that. I will do that with my life. I will not hide my Saviour's birth. T.D. Jake says about Christ, he is how we live in a contemporary society with ageless principle. We can't leave Christ out 
We can live in this contemporary society with ageless principles, with the power of Christ. And I want to encourage us. Christmas is deeper than just Jesus' birth. John 1.4 says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And in verse 14, it goes on to say, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. If I can invite the band to come. So the wise men saw the light, the shepherds witnessed his glory. The wise men represented the Gentiles, the shepherds represented the Jews. That includes everybody. God is inclusive. The most high God is gathering and he is inclusive of everybody, regardless of who you are, regardless of what you've done. He's inviting at Christmas everybody to come and sometimes people stay away because they feel like, oh, I only come to church at Christmas. He doesn't care about that. He invited the shepherds, they probably never went to church. And some people keep away because they think they're not worthy. Well, Christ called out the most unworthy. He called the strangers, he called the shepherds, he called the sinners. That's who he came for. And I really want to encourage us to be thinking about that as well this Christmas, to be inclusive, to be inviting, to surround people with God's love, to really show that expression of what Christmas is all about. The tradition comes easy, you can buy it anywhere, but the expression is different. The expression is different. And Jesus is calling all of us, good or bad. He's calling all of us. I just want us to close our eyes for a moment. Just in this really quiet moment, I just want us to think about Jesus and why he came. And I want to put an invitation out there. If you feel like you're nothing maybe than a shepherd and maybe... Maybe you feel like you're not worthy. Maybe you feel like Jesus wouldn't receive you. I wanna tell you that Jesus came just for you. He came just for you.